Welcome to Women in the Arena podcast, the podcast celebrating women doing extraordinary things in plain sight. I'm your host, Audra Egan, and our mission is to elevate the value, strength, and resilience each woman brings to the world. Without further delay, let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome in, everyone, and welcome back. You know, the holidays are really nice, but it's also really nice to get back into the swing of things, and I really missed you guys, so thank you so much for being here. And those of you that are new, I'm Audra, and I'm your host of the Women in the Arena podcast. And this is literally a celebration, and we are celebrating women doing extraordinary things in plain sight. And we've made it to season two. That is super exciting, and we have so many incredible women that I cannot wait to introduce you to. So if you're ready, I am really ready. So let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me today. I am so looking forward to this conversation. I have been really excited to talk to my guest. Today, I am am joined with Jessica Stallings-Holder, and she is the president of Regenerations. And her organization does research that provides resources to help with bridging generational gaps, help organizations utilize their different perspectives and use them to their advantages rather than their disadvantages. She is fascinating, and I cannot wait for you to all meet her. So, Jessica, thank you so much for being here, and welcome to the show. Oh, my gosh, Audra, thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you, and I'm just sending you big virtual high fives. I'm so excited for our conversation. Thank you. I accept them. Uh, Like I said, I'm super excited about you being here. I am fascinated by your work. Uh, But before we jump into that conversation, let me kind of calm myself down because I'm super excited about this, but I want to make sure that the audience knows who you are. So please let us know a little bit more about yourself so we can get to know you a little bit better. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Um, So yes, I'm Jessica Stallings Holder. I live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So this is just a little bit outside of Nashville, Tennessee. So first, I've got to teach um, yeehaw. Um, Audra, when I say yee, can you say ha? Sure. Go for it. Here we go. Yee. Ha. Yee. Ha. Yeah, girl. See, Um, I'm a Tennessee girl. And so we may hear some yeehaw, y'all, and bless your heart. Um, And so we can translate what bless your heart means. Let's let's come back to that, to that phrase. Um, But I am a new wife and a bonus mom to two sons, 11 and eight. And we have three dogs. Um, We're a very passionate family about life and living on purpose and with great adventure. Um, So, so super fortunate and very grateful to to have this conversation with you today. Well, thank you for being here and and thank you for teaching me how to yeehaw appropriately. Um, I may teach you some phrases from out here in the Southwest. You just wait. You never know. Um, So I've been really excited to talk to you because your work just fascinates me. Uh, You are, for lack of a better words, you are a generational 
scientist. You study trends in generations. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what that is? What does that what is that work and what is that study? Yes, you know, it is my life's um, what I would consider to be my calling, um, Audra, of just really understanding different generations and translating across them because all too often we're seeing a lot of conflict even when everyone means well. Um, so, to really steward our conversation wisely and well today, I'd like to just start out by defining what we mean when we talk about generations because if you get on social media or turn on the news, you see a lot of memes and all kinds of things about generations. Uh, generations taken grossly out of context. So when we talk about generations today, um, we're looking at the social and cultural influences that impact a group of people as they're coming of age. So this is similar to, but different than life stage, which ebbs and flows and shifts and changes as we go throughout the different decades of our life. So for example, when I'm a parent of a teen, I'm probably going to have a different perspective than when I'm a teen, right? Oh, for for sure. Um, when I was a teenager, I thought my parents were the dumbest people on the planet. Right? Yes, exactly. So, so that's a normal thing, right? As we go through different decades of our life, very naturally, um, our, our priorities are going to shift and change and ebb and flow. That's a sign of growth and development. But what we found about generations, those social and cultural influences, Padra, is that they're enduring. And that means they follow us throughout all the different decades of our life, making them really important to understand. So for example, someone who grew up in the Great Depression time period where, let's see if you know the slogan, slogans like uh, waste not. Yeah, waste not, what not. Uh, save for a what? Uh, would say that again, penny saved, penny earned. Yeah, yeah, and save for a rainy day. But major messages about saving and stewarding their resources, very naturally coming of age in the Great Depression time period, we find that a value of financial prudence and stewardship and making the most of resources follows them as a value throughout each and every decade of their life. And that's why we study generations is to better understand, connect, and communicate with one another, not to stereotype. It's, it's a lot like trees in a forest. Audra, we know everyone is super unique and different and beautiful. And they grew up in similar soil with similar exposure to sunlight and rainfall. So we can pull away some big ideas about those trees. So as we have the conversation today, think about it in that frame of what we're looking at are just some big ideas to pull away that help us understand, connect, and communicate more effectively. Thank you for that that visual and that definition, because you're right. You know, social media doesn't help us, doesn't give us a whole lot of great information as to what a generation actually is. You know, we hear buzzwords and and names of generations, which we will definitely get into in a little bit later in the conversation. But I don't know that anybody has actually ever given a thorough definition of generations. So thank you for giving us uh, a, a strong foundation to start from. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, thank thank you for for taking time to do that. It's you know I found in so many things in life we we miss the foundations and and without that we're building on kind of a false narrative. It, so, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And because you study generations, you study trends, and you study things like history. Like history repeats itself. And as you and I have been getting to know each other, you told me that what we have been going through, this 
2020 phenomenon was something that you were all waiting for, that this was not unexpected. Um, Talk to me a little bit more about that. Oh, yeah. Now, this is where I mean, I, I get chills all over as we have this discussion. So so if, if I may just geek out a little bit, I want to give a, a little bit of a, a framework. Um, all we are geek about- friendly here. Come oh, on in. on, right? Like, um, I love this stuff. So um, w- when we look at everything we're, we're discussing today, it kind of roots out of this, this theory called generational theory, right? It's this fascinating concept that history creates generations and generations create history. And there's this cycle, this recurring cycle that's happening, giving us a clue that we can look back on history and to anticipate what may be coming next. So an example of that is um, each generation coming up in the world and the culture and their influences begin to kind of develop this collective persona or personality, let's say. Um, And so let's say it goes a little something like this. You get a really optimistic generation. Sky's the limit. Um, This is the, if you've ever seen the Lego movie, this is the, everything is awesome. Yep. Yep. I, I, Got the, yeah. got the, got the song stuck in my head now. Thanks. Thank <laughs> me like three days later for that. Um, but, you know, everything is awesome. So then you tell me what you think we see coming next. If, if we grow up and everything is so great, then what do you think we see come next? It'd be nothing but positive opportunity and, and, you know, follow the yellow brick road and rainbows and butterflies and all of that. Yeah, what we typically see after that type of season is kind of that rebelling against it. Like, man, everything is not awesome. It's tough out there. I love your language. Everything is not butterflies and rainbows. (laughs) It didn't work out. And so we typically see this very skeptical, independent generation rise. Next, we see a very peacemaking, harmonious generation who can both reconcile that life is beautiful and broken. And with that, they make this peace that leads to the fourth group, which is this generation of builders and makers and creators. And they make and build great things. And then guess what happens? <laughs> Look yeah. at what we built. Isn't it awesome? Yeah, it's awesome. Well, not that awesome. Come on. Can't we get along? Yeah, so <laughs> great things. So what we're seeing right now is... It's it's fascinating. In the generational cycles, um, every about 80 to 100 years um, co- comes the end of a cycle. Think of it like seasons. This is the winter before the spring. It's called a fourth turning or a crisis cycle. It's highly, highly, highly significant in the generational story. It is the complete breakdown of the ways that we've done things, the ways that we communicate and interact. And it's sparked by some type of crisis, typically on a global scale. It's kind of the, the breakdown, so to speak, before the, the breakthrough. So I want to read you an, an article. Actually, this is from, um, well, I'll tell you the year in just a minute. This is from USA Today Weekend. It said, a sudden spark will catalyze a crisis mood. This time of trouble will bring seeds of rebirth. Americans will share a great regret about recent mistakes and a resolute new consensus about what to do. The very survival of the nation will seem to be at stake. Sometime before 2025, America will pass through a great gate in history commiserate with the revolution, the Civil War, and the twin emergencies of the Great Depression and World War II. The risk and the promise will be very high. 
Americans will enter this period with a unique opportunity to achieve a new greatness as a people. That was written in 1996, looking at this fourth turning end of a cycle. Something's going to come in and blow up the way that we do things. As it's blowing it up, it's going to reveal all these other issues that we have. And guess what? Through it, we're going to be broken and it's going to be challenging. And let me tell you, Audra, the beautiful news is that after every fourth turning, we've come out better and stronger for all. So spring is coming, and that's the encouragement that I have to offer. So if we look at this with the right lens, it can help us see that this is the breakdown before our collective breakthrough. Well, the things that I'm hearing that give me a lot of encouragement and comfort is one, we're we're five we're five years ahead. <laughs> so they said 2025 and it happened in 2020. So we're ahead. Yay. That gives me some encouragement. The other piece of it is that it is remarkably accurate, which means that it predicted all of this was going to happen. And it wasn't through through voodoo or, or crystal ball. It was through science, which means that there is a historical pattern of the, the new, the what is beyond. And what is beyond is better than what we broke. And that gives me so much comfort and encouragement that all of this season of trial and enough lessons is going to be all worth it. Yeah, it's our seeds of rebirth. I, I, and I love that. And even when you look back, you know, I'm, I'm beating myself over the head. I, I, you know, I've been preaching, hey, get ready, something is coming, it's coming, it's coming, you know, for, for, a, for a while. Um, and things will happen like the Great Recession. And we're in my field, we're saying, nope, nope, that's not of epic proportions enough. It's more is coming. But I look back now and I think, oh, we should have seen pandemic as well, because um, Audra, when you look back at pandemics, take a look back, Spanish flu, um, cholera or cholera, depending on how you say it, um, they're almost on these 80 to 100 year, again, depending on um, some, some are vague with when the, when the pandemic started and ended. So there's a little fuzziness there, but they're roughly on a pattern as well. And so I think there's great order all around us. If we have the eyes to see it, it leads to kind of not panicking, right? But to really understand and discern our times and be a part of the solution that's going to help us achieve this new greatness as a people. That is so exciting to me uh, because I've said it many times on my show that 2020, for me personally, has been a gift, even though it doesn't it doesn't on the surface look like a gift. It's been a gift because I've had a year of tremendous growth and tremendous learning. And I'm hoping that that is the same for the majority of the people around me. So how do we take advantage of these lessons that we have been been learning? And they've all been painful. I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat this and tell you that it's all been fun. It hasn't. But growth doesn't ever come out of things that are easy. They always come out of difficulty. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I think to answer your question, you have to have eyes to see it, right? We have to be looking for the miracles in these moments. We have to be looking for the gems of the journey. I did a, a, a day, uh, I went on a retreat with myself and, uh, and I did a solitude day of writing and, and, and I timelined out this entire year. And it was like, it was like therapy, just letting, letting out, you know, I'm, I'm a public speaker. So being a public speaker in a pandemic, I would not recommend. So there's been a lot of lessons learned, adapting, trying, failing, wiping the dirt, you know, out from in my teeth. It's been, it's been a challenging and beautiful year, but when you write it out and process it, when I looked at the lessons I learned, the woman I've becoming, the people who've been on the journey, I wouldn't trade you know, anything. And so I think the first thing is we got to make sure we have eyes to see and to be very intentional with our own stories. Um, you know, there's beautiful, beautiful um, lessons we can learn when we take time to look. The second is to say, what do I want to take with me? Right. And what do I want to leave behind? I mean, COVID cracked many of the ways uh, of our normals, but the beautiful thing is we get to choose what we leave behind and what we carry forward. And, and, and I think that that's really critical because, um, gosh, we don't want this to just be one of the, the things we look back on. And um, we want it to be something that radically changes how we live, how we learn, how we love, how we work, how we create. So what do you think are some of the things as as a society that we should embrace and take forward with us that'll help us in our spring. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, you know, I, I'll share a little bit of that that came out in, in our study. On, on a personal level, I think, gosh, just remembering what matters most when you think of what we have been through this year, life, breath, um, relationship, love. I mean, all of those things to make sure that we are putting our priorities in the proper place, right? Um, to go back to the basics, um, you know, we we have two two boys and, and when we were under quarantine, it was amazing how much fun we had playing hopscotch and tag and doing dance parties in the kitchen. Those are the mo- moments our boys are still talking about. And man, just keeping it simple in life and in business. Um, For me, the third major lesson that I I would encourage us all to take through is I'm a planner. Are you a planner, Audra? Are you kidding? Of course I'm a planner. I am a typical type A personality. Yeah, girl. I like color coat my calendar. I mean, this has just been a quirky year for me all around with work. And, you know, I'm a color coordinated calendar girl. And as luck would have it, when Google went down my entire email system, everything gone. And, and so, so this year was such a lesson for me. I tend to hold things tightly. I tend to want to influence the outcomes and I'm learning there's things we just can't influence. So to really hold loosely, you know, the things that we, that we hold tightly um, and really understanding that with, with all the change around us to not be too attached to anything, to, to do our best, let go and, and adapt accordingly, which I'm, I'm proud of. We all have adapted this year and that that's something to celebrate. And, and if I may, just really encourage celebration. Like when something goes well, we should celebrate the heck out of it because what's celebrated gets repeated. And I and I feel like we we sometimes forget to celebrate our our wins. And so maybe we even close out this podcast with, "Hey, what were our big big wins this year?" Um, but yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
I was going to say, I'm writing that down so I don't forget to ask you that because I want to know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I want to know yours. Um, so, so finally, you know, we conducted a study. Um, I, I want to share just a little bit about this because I think it was an interesting um, answer to, to your question. Um, you know, when, when we were talking earlier, Audrey, we talked about these defining moments that happen as you're coming of age. And when you think about it, that happened this year, COVID-19 was Gen Z. So these are roughly eight to 23 year olds defining moment. So rather than waiting for history to unfold and going back and trying to figure it out, my research partner, Dr. Karen Becker from the, the Air Force Academy out in Colorado Springs, she and I came together and said, okay, whoa, this is their moment. What if we could understand how this global pandemic is impacting the next generation in real time and really track that over time to see how those influences endure? Um, and, and so one of the core findings of our entire study is Gen Z is often known for, they're also called iGen, um, often, often known for their tech savvy and being kind of tethered to their technology. So we thought, huh, that's interesting. Now we're in remote working, remote learning, you know, technology is has increased for all of us. So is this pandemic going to zoom us into a tech-centered future? And what the next generation said is, no, please, no. You know, this was so wild. Only 11% in our study agreed that Zoom or any other online meeting platforms are just as effective of meeting in person. 80% would rather meet in person. 85% want to learn in person. Um, when we looked at the workplace and when we looked at online learning for college and higher education, only 2% wanted to just learn online. The greater finding in our study, and we had 100% completion rate, which is very, very, very rare, which told us the next generation really wants to talk about this. Our greatest finding was not that they didn't really want tech to connect. Our greatest finding is what they did want, and they want that that relationship and that human connection again. The number one thing that they missed was time with friends, time with family, building those relationships. And so I would hope that as we go into a new year and we we remember all that we've been through, that this the value of human connection is one of the strongest binds that we have to, to hold us together. Well, I will say that that study is right on, at least here in the Egan household, because we have a junior here uh, that is at the university, but this year she's not living on campus. She's actually living here at home and is doing class through Zoom. And she hates it. She absolutely hates it. She hates the experience of living on campus. She misses her friends. She misses being in a classroom. Uh, Although I will tell you that she did just as well going to class in her in her bedroom as she did going to class physically i would say it's taken a toll on her emotionally and mentally and she cannot wait to get back to campus yeah, absolutely and in gen z when you look at the emotional mental 
um, mental health arena. Um, gosh, prior to COVID-19, uh, that the generation, again, when we look at generational trends, we are looking at longitudinal studies. This means over time studies. So we would compare Gen Z, you know, in their teens and 20s to when boomers were that age or Xers or millennials. And then we look for the variances, right? The differences. And then we look at culture and what was happening to see if there's any clues as to what was was causing this, right? So we, you know, prior to COVID-19, we're seeing a lot of mental health challenges, loneliness, depression, unfortunately, suicide up for the next generation uh, for the first time in, in decades. So we were also really curious about how all of this um, isolation and social distancing was was impacting the next generation's health. And the biggest spike we saw was that 66% in our study indicated heightened loneliness. Anxiety went up for about 43, uh, 43% of respondents. Um, we saw life satisfaction decrease for about half of our respondents. The good news is, though, we did not see this translate into increased depression or thoughts of suicide. And so we went a little bit deeper and we asked kind of, how did you spend your time? And we, we, we did this poll right in the, in the heart of, of, of the shelter in place back in, in April. And we saw really healthy habits emerge from the next generation. They talked about, well, we're doing our schoolwork or our work work, right? We are, we're working out. We're hanging with family. Um, lowest on the, the activities that they were doing were alcohol, drugs, and startups. <laughs> so <laughs> we looked at, um, at their overall health. We're seeing a lot of healthy habits emerge. And so when we look at whether we're a parent of Gen Z or we have Gen Z in the workplace, two real big clues just based on what we learned are we need to be um, in some way, shape, or form offering real human connection. And we can think of how can we do that creatively on tech to simulate in real life connection. And the second thing is, um, man, just to, to really celebrate the healthy habits that are emerging and to really talk with them about how they're feeling and how they're doing during the quarantine. Because think about it for them and why we study generations in their what's called formative years is because this is their, the time where their brains are developing and they're, they're learning and they're growing. As we get older in life, and you know, it's like a, I call it like a whack-a-mole. I don't know if you, but life for me sometimes feels like a whack-a-mole. It's like you make it up and then another crisis hits and you up and another, you know, but we've, we've had enough wax in our head that we, oh yeah, it's a little bit different, you know? And so we have more tools to, to, to kind of go through the next whack, right? And so this is kind of like their first collective whack. And so really taking time to listen and understand and asking questions like how has or and is the pandemic um, impacting your life and in listening empathetically, seeking to understand. I mean, the milestones that this generation has missed has broken my heart. Um, things that we just kind of had have been have been really removed from them. And sure, they've I, they've done graduations and dance parties on Zoom and all kinds of creative ways, which I. I big time applaud, but I have such empathy for what the next generation particularly has gone through as we're listening and, and asking them conversations and helping them process this pandemic. 
Also, Audra provides an awesome opportunity for for mentoring and sharing the times that we've been through challenges and how what did we learn and how did we rise and then how can we rise together? I believe that mentoring and reverse mentoring, the concept that we can all learn from one another, is the glue that's going to help us get through this and come out way better and stronger uh, than we went into it with. That was exactly going to be my very next question, actually, uh, because as you've been speaking about how we are nurturing this um, Gen Z that's coming behind us, when we give of ourselves, we actually get way more back than what we're giving. And you just explained exactly what my thought was, well, how do we leverage what we're doing to help uh, bolster up this younger generation? How do we use that? along with our own experience and catapult us into this spring that I'm I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to this 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 new generational awakening. But what more can we do proactively to make sure that we while we are mentoring and being aware of our own discovery through this period, how do we take all of those things and put intention and action behind it to make sure that on the other side of this, we are stronger and better than we have ever imagined ourselves to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that question. And and I, I don't know that I have a solid answer for you. Um, I know when we think about, um, I, my mind goes immediately, I, I come out of the corporate world. So my mind immediately goes into um, what's called knowledge transfer or knowledge management. I also believe um, in wisdom and, and life experience transfer. Um, and so what I've learned by being in that space is that having these discussions like we're talking about over Zoom or in person, number one. I would just say be very intentional with that. Um, I, I, I did a lot of equipping of my tribe over the holidays to, hey, we're maybe doing a Zoom holiday. How can you have intentionality to to share your traditions and lessons learned and 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 kind of so be intentional about making these connections across generations, talking to one another asking, um, sharing stories and asking questions. Um, Story sharing, actually, the research shows unites the brains between the storyteller and the listener, making it just a very pure form of communication and bridging differences and making sure you listen a lot more than, than you speak. So we're intentional. Then we're engaging in life lesson sharing, wisdom sharing, um, story sharing. Um, the third piece, which I which I think is what what you're asking, and where we often miss, is how do we kind of capture that um, in in a way that it that it will last and be there even for future generations. And so there's all kinds of ways um, when we look within the workforce, you're going to want to formalize that, right? Um, within a family, there's all kinds of tools. Like um, there's this really neat tool called um, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna botch it I'll, I'll find the app and send it to you so you can share it with your listeners but it's a story sharing app that sends prompts to your loved ones and um, they write a little bit about their story each week and then it turns it into a book at the end of the year and you have a book of your story to share with your family um, how cool is that it's, it's real I think it's oh it's called story worth um, it's really, really neat. I highly recommend it for families. Um, it's a gift um, that that keeps giving um, for, and it's you know we're talking about the beauty of sharing stories to other people, but 
there is a release for us when we share our story. It's something that we also need to get out. So it's a gift for everyone. Um, I, I do a thing a real informally at, at Christmas. Um, I have what I call a little Christmas box and I ask people to, to write and share their favorite Christmas story and I capture it in the box. And so we have this within our family. Um, you could do, um, I'm working with a company right now and we're doing story sharing. So each employee is, we're getting a cool picture made for, and we're going to display it on zoom. And they just tell a snippet of their story. Like think humans of New York zoom style. Um, then there's all kinds of formal ways when we look at knowledge transfer, um, with systems where you kind of pull that knowledge in and whether it be uh, life lesson experiences, you know, especially this year as all of our jobs have changed, we got to really capture what are some of those new competencies? What are some of the new skills needed? And and how do you deliver on those? So using systems, it could be your internet, your email, a Google Doc, where, where those things are being captured. And what happens is then you have something to go back to, Audra. So I think I think if we take time to be intentional, which by the way, most, most people don't do without a little prompting. So I appreciate the prompt today. Do it, talk and listen, and then capture. Simple three steps. I, I think that breaking it down and making it easy for us makes it digestible and easy to carry out. Um, so repeat those three steps for me one more time so I can actually, maybe I'll capture it all and make a graphic that everybody oh, can share. Oh, hey, I would love that. That's so good. So the first is being intentional about listening and sharing and capturing our lessons learned. The second is that when we enter that, that communication, we want to be empathetic listeners. We want to really lean in and ask questions and hear what that person is really saying and experiencing. So for example, if a great question prompt may be, you know, how is COVID-19 impacting your life? Boom. Listen, the end, you know, and Mm -hmm. the third is to capture those lessons learned. So if I'm talking to you and sharing, oh, how has COVID impacted your life, Audra? And you, you share, and I listen, I'm empathetic and I, I seek to understand what what it is like from your perspective, then I could encourage you by, oh, I, I hear you. I understand. I, I want to just share one difficult time I had in my life and, and kind of the process I went through to encourage you. And then it, it gives that other person hope. And it also helps make our past stories and experiences have deep, deep, deep meaning. So there's real power in this process. I, I agree. I I am really looking forward to putting this practice into action, not only here in my family, but in my work, um, because it, it can only create good. Uh, I, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but are there any examples that you can uh, share with us of of the spring through through history? I, I'm I'm thinking that maybe. The Renaissance may have been a spring, but I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Well, when you think back at like after the, uh, you know, World War II, Great Depression time period, um, then we enter this new high, right, in American history. And we're building things and infrastructure and in highways and and, and things begin to move and shake and, and the collective spirit really comes back. Um, and so that's that's a good example of we build again, we grow again, we live again, we smile again. 
Um, and because of where we were, often that appreciation is so much greater, you know, but like many things over time, then it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, now we're kind of back to normal. <laughs> and it yeah. what the new normal will, will be like. Um, but, you know, you, you can look after past pandemics. Um, there are, are periods of high after that. Um, and I think why we see it, Audra, so high is because we know what it's like to feel low, you know? And so when I think about that, I think that's kind of neat when you consider that, would we really appreciate spring and all its beauty and new buds and warmth if we didn't understand the cold of winter? And so I believe our role as as leaders and women in our community and in our homes and in the workplace is to always remember the cold and, and not to let it weigh us down, but to keep it as a healthy lens of when things are good, that we never quite forget what it was like in those hard times. And when we live like that, we're going to see people differently. We're going to be there to help others. And I think we're going to really carry the lessons forward that help us make a difference into the future. Jessica, like I said at the beginning, I could talk to you for hours about this because I find this so fascinating. If we wanted to do uh, further investigation of this or talk to you further, where could we reach you? Yes, please do. I, I um, As you can tell, I love to have conversation and to just think and, and learn and grow, uh, most importantly, to grow together. So you can find me at jessicastallingsholder.com. Um, um, feel free to shoot me an email at hello at jessicastallingsholder.com. And that Stallings is with an O. So maybe we'll have to post it. That's a, that's a long double last name. Yes, I'll make sure that everybody gets access to her her email as well as her website. So if you want to reach out to her, you also have recently written a book. Yes, yes. Oh, I would love for you to check out my book. It's called Regenerate. You can find it on Amazon. Um, I'll also send a a direct link to it. Um, It is a really um, great easy, quick read written for the busy professional on the run. Um, the first half of the half of the book is looking at each generation, who they are, what life was like for them growing up, and how you can uh, better understand, respect, and communicate with them in ways that are honoring to their, their cultural norms. And then the second half is kind of if the first half is on generational diversity, the second half is all about inclusion. How do we move beyond our generational boundary lines and bring all perspectives together to create a better and stronger future? I love this. Like I said, this is a fascinating study. I I am so happy that you have given us a peek into your study and into your work and to your world. Uh, I am so much smarter now than I was 30 minutes ago. So thank you for sharing all of this information with us and and for being here. But before I let you run, I've had some questions I want to ask you, and I want to ask your question first, though. Yes. Okay. So let's let's ask your question of. Uh, I'm going to ask you, and then you can ask me, what is your biggest win this year? Yeah. You know, I think my biggest win was that 
um, oh, I kept going. It was, it was within, um, gosh, about three weeks of the global pandemic, I lost about 78% of my contracts. And um, that was a really challenging time. And so I let the process do its work on me as, as a leader. And I'm really proud that I kept going, conducted this research, um, started, um, kind of expanded my mission to really broaden the ways that I can, can help people bridge any type of difference. And, and finally, really switched over to virtual absolutely love it. I mean, I can pop uh, virtual events like Pez, you know, it's so fun. <laughs> I, I just really enjoy it. So I, I'm proud, um, Audra, that I stayed the course and that I let the process take shape and, I, and I'm sure enjoying the ride. Now, what about you? Wow. Um, I finally this year found my true value and my voice. Mm. I didn't know that those two things were missing. And then I found them. And that is my biggest win, is finding those two things, because I can build so much upon those two things that now I know. Now I know exactly what, what I'm worth. I know, what to, I know what I need to do. I know how to use my voice and my purpose. And my purpose is to... Make sure that every single woman within within my within listening distance can realize their own value and hear their own voice. That is my purpose: is to make sure that everyone around me also feels the same. Yeah, I, I love that, and congratulations! I think if you could have any gift in life, when you know your value and your worth, and and, and own that and have confidence in it, that's where where everything roots. So congratulations on, on on that beautiful gem. Well, thank you. It only took forty nine years, but what the heck? <laughs> you know who's counting? Uh, but it, it it's wonderful to get here because the tragedy would be, what if I never did? Uh, and that's the message, right? Like it's it's less about when and more about you you did. And um, and I can just tell in your voice the difference that's made in your life. Huge difference because now I can make a difference in everybody else's too. Real difference, true true difference, life-changing difference in other people's worlds as well. Yeah. Well, congratulations and best wishes, wishes as you continue to walk into that. Well, thank you. Um, I'm not going to let you run too far, too far from me because I have just one, one more question for you. Absolutely. And that is, I've been trying to get everyone more comfortable with asking for what they need. Uh, especially us as women, we put on this this facade that we've got it, we've got everything handled, we've got everything going on, our lives are perfect, everything's awesome, um, and we never communicate what we need, and that's not right. So you have an entire community that's listening. What is it that you need? What can we help you with? Yeah, oh, I, I love that question, and, and, and I um, appreciate you giving me permission to talk about that, and I, I would. I think my greatest need, particularly going into a new year, um, would be feedback. As I'm 
continuously adopting my model to take these these insights and tools and, and learning modules to deliver them in new ways and in a new world so that that people can hear and understand. So I think it would be, um, Audra, just feedback as I'm putting together new strategies um, to to navigate this changing world. Well, I will make sure that everybody knows how to reach you uh, and I will post it on our social pages on your website, as well as your email, make sure that everybody can reach you so you can get that feedback. Oh my gosh. I appreciate that so much. Well, like I said, I'm trying to get everybody comfortable with asking for what they need so we can, as a community, help. We can help each other because that's where it starts. Um, And I said I had one more question. I thought thought that was going to be the last question, but I, I forgot. Everybody likes me to ask this question because we have so many voracious readers that uh, are in our audience. So I, I must ask this question. I can't, I cannot uh, let you go without asking it. What book do you think that everybody should read? Oh, okay. Oh man. This is a killer question. Um, because I have, I'm a, I'm a reader. So I, I have bookshelf full. Um, so I'm going to go, this is like such a recency effect thing, meaning, um, recency effect is talking about, we sometimes call to mind the most recent thing or situation. So, um, the, the book that I always go back to at the new year for me, because I'm a creative and I am a thinker and I, and I like to try new things. It's called the one thing. Um, and I need to get the author to you, but it talks about really kind of boiling down our life and business to the things that matter most and focusing on that one thing. Um, so for me, that's been a game changer with a lot going on in my mind to, to, to kind of boil it down to in life, in family, in health, in business. What is the one thing I could do so that I'm going to drive that desired goal or or outcome? And so that that's that's probably my biggest recommendation right now as we're in a new year. Perfect. Um, that is another book on my to read list because I'm also an avid reader and I try to read as much as I can because I'm constantly seeking knowledge and entertainment, but knowledge first and foremost. Uh, so. That is on the list, and I'll make sure I get the author from you as well. And, and I just looked it up. It's like Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, I believe. Um, okay. But it's it's got a really neat mind map. I'm big on on exercises, and a, and a simple exercise readers and learners can do to really help get to the heart of their one thing. That is, you know, that will help quiet the noise that we all face every single day, and. That's a great, great map and great exercise that we can all do. So everybody, make sure you look at the one thing. Um, So Jessica, thank you for being here. But will you leave the audience with one final statement that we can can contemplate on and take with us? Uh, Absolutely. Um, You matter. You belong. Um, and really know and understand and own your worth. And I also encourage you to really get to know other people, particularly those who may have a different perspective or or view or approach than you do. Um, oh, my friend, don't don't shut them out because the approach is different. Understand. Take time to get the, get to know them. Maybe have lunch with someone um, from a different generation or a different background. Seek to understand. And really, um, I would love to hear. And this is maybe an action on my part. If you do that, 
what you find on the other side, what lessons you learn and who you become in the process. Thank you. And I challenge you all to do that. Uh, I will be doing that myself uh, to seek to understand people that have a different point of view than my own. So thank you for leaving us with that. And thank you once again for being here with me today. Thank you so much, Audra. I appreciate you and the work that you're doing and um, just really enjoyed our conversation today. I did too. Like I said, I've been looking forward to it for quite a while and I hope you all enjoyed it as well. She's fascinating. And Jessica, we're going to bring you back. So so we're going to bring you back hopefully in a couple of months and we'll talk more about generations and where we've gone. So thank you all for listening. I hope you got so much out of this conversation and thank you for your time and we'll see you again next time. And that's a wrap. Thank you all so much for being here. I can never give you enough gratitude because without all of you, none of this is possible. I am still always in awe that my guests are volunteering to be so bold in their vulnerability. So thank you for continuing to do that. And to my audience, audience isn't the right word to describe you. So to you, I thank you. You are a community. So thank you for being a part of this community and thank you for helping to nurture it and make it grow. And of course, you know, I have this incredible team behind me that helps me produce this every single week. Savannah, Alan, Jessica, Tina, Tisha, and my son, Gavin, thank you so much for believing in me, believing in my mission and continuing to help grow the Women in the Arena podcast. Thank you all so much for being here, and we'll see you next week. I am so grateful for each and every one of you and your unwavering support and your continued belief in this movement that has become much bigger than me, much bigger than just a podcast. It has become this forward momentum that we are all doing together. If you are ready or you know somebody that is, that is ready to tell your story and share your value with the world, please connect with me. You can reach me at audra at womeninthearena.net. I am so honored and thankful that you will share your story with me, and I'll make sure that it is well taken care of. I will never stop thanking each and every one of you, and I cannot wait to talk to you again next week as we share another woman's story and we celebrate her doing extraordinary things in plain sight. We'll see you next time.